0: The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle.
1: Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright. Logan Bradley and Brendan Shagru are not here today. Both of them are away, but this is awesome. We have a phenomenal step in. Mike Page, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna put there put this out here a little bit. Jack and I were talking. Mike, your last podcast, the last episode you were on, that was the best you've ever been, dude. Like your analysis was spot on. As I was going back and listening, I was like, man, Mike came to freaking play last week.
0: Oh, that's really nice to hear. You know, usually uh, it's in the complete opposite direction. It's usually getting worse with every podcast. And have you ever heard that saying, like today is the worst day of my life? And so like every progressive day is is the worst day of your life. That's kind of how my podcast career has been going. Glad to hear that that it worked out last week.
1: Yeah, no, no, no pressure whatsoever. And then this one, Brendan Chagru, is so upset right now. When I said that this guy was going to be on the show, he was like, no, no, he can't. I can't make it. And this dude is my favorite follow on Twitter. And obviously, Jack, Mike and I are huge fans. Patrick Sheldon, welcome to the Bear Non-Report podcast.
2: Thanks, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm, I'm sure Brendan's pumped so pumped that he couldn't even be here today. But uh, <laughs> as I was saying, as I was saying, before we joined, I, um, Brendan, the checks in the mail. I appreciate uh, all the kind words and I really like following you guys as well. Um, been following you all for a while and uh, really excited to talk some bears today.
1: Patrick tell us just a little bit about what you do and we know that you're you're writing some stuff and obviously you you've got some fantastic tweets um but but how can uh, how can our listeners get after you if they're not already connected with you
2: sure thanks yeah uh so you can follow me on twitter I'm at p underscore shells and um you can also follow my work at the windy city which is part of the fan-sided network and uh there's some great uh folks over there doing some wonderful things so um, give them a follow as well. They put out a lot of Bears content as well as other Chicago sports. So a little something for everybody.
1: Guys, you know, we couldn't be here without the support of Jeff Cadwallader. Folks, if you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you've got to visit genevajeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Give my guy Jeff a call or a text message, 630-254-4734, 630 254-4734. Give him a call, give him a text. You will not regret it. Fantastic guy.
3: Ryan, I've always felt like you're a, a well-groomed man. Like what when you get a haircut, what part of it do you enjoy best? What is it that you really like about it?
1: Honestly, it's the sit down. It, it's the sit down talking with the guys, talking sports, all of that stuff. You know, I I have a barber and he is the absolute best, Jack.
3: He is really great. In fact, I think maybe next time I'm going to take your advice.
1: I'm going to go there. Where, where is it that you go? I forget. Sheridan's Barbershop. My guy, Will, will hook you up. He will also give you some great fantasy football advice. So I know the season is the season. I got my second draft tonight. So I'm stoked. I'm actually going to be texting Will a little bit later to see what's going on. Sheridan's Barbershop located in the historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years with five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan's Barbershop.com or 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, or traditional meets modern. All right, gentlemen, 53-man roster is set for now. That practice squad is ginormous. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it. There are a lot of surprises uh, for, for me. I'll be kind of curious to see how you guys kind of feel about this situation Gentlemen, let's just go through instead of going position by position, I just want to hear general surprises, maybe giant holes that you're kind of looking at, uh, you know, anything that kind of stands out to you. Patrick, you are uh, our, our guest here. So we're going to start off with you any kind of big surprises or big holes and things you noticed about this 53 man roster.
2: Yeah. So not a lot of surprises on the initial cuts. Um, I guess the two that maybe if I had to pick two would stand out would be uh, Newsom and Snowden, just because I thought those were really the only two that could have been candidates to be uh, claimed off of waivers. But uh, fortunately the bears were able to get all those guys back um, in terms of holes. I mean, I think that's going to be a theme for the the team this year and uh, knock on wood, hopefully they won't sustain many injuries, but Boy, they're they're thin, uh, almost across the board, but particularly in the O line and inside linebacker core. Uh, especially, we don't know what's going on with Trevathan. Um, that that seems a little bit um, uncertain at the moment. So, you know, you lose uh, you lose another inside linebacker. You're down to your your you know third string. So, um, and then obviously we know the problems across the offensive line. Uh, I don't know how much more uh, improved that line is going to get throughout the year, but. Um, you know, that, that's been another group that's been plagued by injuries over the last couple of years. So, uh, that, that could be an issue as well.
1: So Patrick, I've got to ask really quick, your, your thoughts on, on the Peters signing. I've gone back and forth, uh, you know, very famously on this podcast. First time I hear it, I'm excited. Then I'm listening to some Philadelphia Eagles fans say that this dude is washed and, and can't do it. And then kind of watching that first preseason game and where he looked, he looked okay. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, like your thoughts on, on that whole situation.
2: Yeah. His age worries me. You know, can he, uh, can he play a full season, especially in light of the fact that it sounds like he may have been doing some working out this off season, but um, maybe he was focused on more recreational activities. Uh, but if he can play a full season, you know, Bears fans haven't been used to quality uh, offensive line play. So one team's trash may be another team's treasure. And we may, uh, we may end up looking back and thinking, Peters was kind of the anchor to that line and maybe help some of the younger guys develop, but I just don't know if he can stay healthy. And honestly, I, I wouldn't uh, mind giving Borm a shot if he's not healthy and just seeing what he can do at left tackle. Um, You know, we can maybe get into a little bit more later, but um, this season I think should in part, at least be about finding out how these young kids can play. The, The bears seem to be in a weird spot where they have sort of one foot in a rebuild camp and one foot in a competing now camp. And it doesn't really make sense to me, this organizational philosophy. Uh, but I, I think they really need to figure out who can play and who can't because they're going to have a lot of holes to fill next year with uh, minimal draft capital. So they need to square that away now.
3: It's funny that you mentioned that, Patrick, because I was thinking about that right before we came on. We've mentioned it before, the idea that Cubs and Sox lived in you know MLB purgatory for years and years and years. And finally, it became clear to them, thankfully, that you're either good and vying for a championship or or you're rebuilding. And uh, I was thinking to myself, like, do do I want the Bears to be really terrible for Pace to get fired, for Negi to get fired, and for the McCaskies to get fired? Maybe. I mean, I know that's a bold thought. I don't really want that. It would be a tough season to watch. But you make a great point. They might win. We're going to talk about six, seven, eight games. I'm kind of tired of it. (laughs) Like, I'm kind of tired of it. I I would like to see some – some, some success, build on success and be sustained uh, over time and not just be in some sort of like a mediocre no man's land.
1: Jack, since we've got you on here already, let, let's hear your thoughts. 53 man roster. Is is there a guy that really surprised you? A group that kind of surprised you? Are you seeing any gaping holes in, in this roster?
3: Well, to keep seven inside linebackers in, in four corners was clearly a shocker. You know, they right away, I think they signed back Christian and Artie Burns to the practice squad, which is good. But, I mean, I, I think maybe you were onto something last time we spoke, Ryan, in that perhaps they're using those inside linebackers as leverage. Maybe they're going to use a position of strength to try to – improve a position of weakness. I can only hope that that's the case. Similarly with the, with the five tight ends. I mean, I, I know horse that had a great game and that's, that's, that's cool and everything, but is he a viable, like long-term solution and do we really need that many tight ends? So possibly the same thing there where we're looking at some of the areas that we seem to be stacked uh, as a means to try to improve some of the areas that were clearly not stacked this is, once again, the great debate of Ryan Pace and no one knowing exactly, I suppose, what he's doing, but super hopeful that what he's going to do is shore up those. I mean, those are really kind of – those are rough positions right now for us, I think, especially corner.
1: Mike, I want to go to you because I was really surprised to see Josh Woods make this team. I, I thought you made a really compelling argument last week to to kind of say, like, this guy hasn't done enough. Um, and to see him make the, the roster, I don't know if that is because Danny Trevathan is starting on IR or what. What are your kind of thoughts on this one, Mike? I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're surprised to see him still there.
0: Yeah, the amount of linebackers they initially kept on the 53-man roster was kind of obscene. You never see that many uh, inside linebackers on uh, on the squad. And, and I definitely called for Josh Woods to be the one that's kind of the odd man out based on his play at the end of last season, which made it very obvious that we need to kind of upgrade our depth at the position. Plus, you know, I don't know how much of a special teams core player he is, especially because you got Iggy uh, kind of taking that, that core special team position. So here's, here's the thing to keep in mind, though. We have Danny Trevathan, Tevin Jenkins, and Tariq Cohen kind of on the sidelines right now. And when any one of those three get activated, uh, who's going to who's gonna lose their spot on the 53-man roster? For me, there's probably two options right now. It's going to be Josh Woods and, and Jesper Horstead. I love Jesper. I think he's got great hands. Uh, I just don't think that there's a very defined role for Jesper on the 53 right now. So keep in mind that we still do have those three kind of starting players uh, that are going to be replacing some others on the 53 uh, pretty soon.
1: Well, it's interesting that you bring up Jesper Horstead, thinking about Jesse James and how incredibly well he played the rapport that he built with both quarterbacks uh, in Dalton and Fields but Jesper Horsted came to play and the bears have invested a lot of time and effort and resources into this guy. We talked about it on the, uh, the last pod, which was he came into the league as a wide receiver and has converted to a tight end. And so you got to think in some regard, they're looking at him and they want to continue that development, but they seem like they got the best out of Jesse James. So that'll be really, really curious uh, to see how that pans out. Uh, the one that got me guys, and this is going to come as no surprise uh, the, the Rodney Adams versus Brichette. Perriman. Um, I, I, I don't get that. I don't understand. And I'm listening to a lot of people who are very excited about this move. They said, ah, Brashad Perriman, you know, got speed, but the bears already got a lot of speed in, in Goodwin and bird. And so I don't understand why they're obsessed with this. And I'm going to put this out here one more time. Perriman got cut by the lions. I don't know if you guys have taken a look at the Detroit lions receiving core, uh, what's the word that I would use? Um, I, I think I've run out of like awful, awful words to use. Uh, it's putrid. Bad. putrid. Putrid. Ooh, I haven't used putrid in a long time. So yeah, putrid. They they have it has to be the worst receiving core in the entire NFL, and they cut this guy. And the Bears are like, man, we can't wait to get him and give up Rodney Adams, who not only a great story, but I think has played well in the short game and has also shown to be a deep threat. So. I don't understand this one whatsoever. Can you guys make any sense out of that one?
0: Well, you know, Perryman is a former first round pick and sometimes general managers like to take a chance on guys with pedigree and we've seen Pace do this before. I mean, Jermaine Ifedi is a first round pick right? And we signed him to multiple contracts now. And we're going to try to see if we can kind of bring out that pedigree. And so I get it to some point, you know, Rodney Adams is, is a great story. And thank God he landed on the practice squad. Both receivers in my mind had some issues with drops. You know, we saw Rodney drop some balls. You know, if you're going to have, you know, a competition between two receivers, one is faster than the other where essentially they both have issues with drops, then just go with the speed and the pedigree. And like, at that point, I, I understand the move, especially for the fifth or sixth receiver on the spot, on the, uh, on the roster. But uh, I, I am really glad that Rodney is, uh, is on the practice squad still.
2: Yeah. It, something that jumps out to me too. And it's, a it's been a troubling theme that's emerged over the last few years as well is their inability to develop wide receivers. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about how complex this offense is and, uh, you know, takes three or four years um, to get a, a grasp of it, according to Nagy. And we seem to be recycling wide receivers over and over again and not developing them. Uh, we had problems with, with Anthony Miller, not maybe not running the correct routes at the correct depth and all that. And then, you know, now we bring in a whole new group of wide receivers they work with in camp, and now we're going out and getting another new wide receiver for them. to So at some point, you got to kind of throw the BS flag on this and say, do we really need stability and continuity in our our uh, skill position players to master this offense in three to four years? Or can you bring in a new quarterback every year? Can you bring in new wide receivers every year? Can you – you know, like at, at some point, there's some internal inconsistency in the statements coming from Nagy, which is an <laughs> another troubling trend. Uh, over his tenure
3: the only thing I can think of Ryan was they were trying to go with somebody that's a body you know I mean they lost Wins and some of the other guys that were you know you know you're six to like full 200 pound guys with speed that's the only thing I can think of you know because we saw Mooney and he's like he's tiny I mean he's big as an NFL player goes he's bigger than me right but as NFL top two receivers go, the, the guy is pretty, pretty small. So that's the only thing that I can possibly think of. And I think you made a great point about uh, Mike fury, Patrick. I mean, I think it was surprising that when uh, Matt Nagy made cuts on the coaching staff, that that guy made it through, because I don't think that you look at the development and the roster and the progression of the wide receivers, it's not ascending. So I'm not quite certain why that guy stayed around.
0: Well, they're buddies, right? I mean, they played yeah. together in the Canadian Football League, or did they play together at Delaware? I can't remember.
3: I don't know. They look like brothers from another mother. I will say
0: that. <laughs> definitely, definitely buddies. And and you you see a lot of this on Twitter recently, this idea of like nepotism within the Bears organization. And this is probably the most prime example of it. Mike Furry has done nothing, in my opinion, to keep his job for the multiple years that he's held it. So the nepotism... Could be a thing, you know, we'll see. They are they are buddies and, and they've uh, been working together for for quite a while, which is which is unwarranted, in, in my opinion.
1: I, I think the thing that I come back to over and over again, and I think we talked about this last season, was the the soundbite about the the back shoulder throw Uh, that, that fury made is like, Oh man, now that Nick Foles is, we're going to have the back. No, you weren't. No, no, the back shoulder throw isn't going to be there whatsoever. And, uh, Man, I yeah, I I I agree. He he is a a far uh, more jacked version of, of Matt Nagy. Patrick, we talked at great lengths in the last episode about the Nagy pace thing, and since you you haven't been on the show before, uh, we're really kind of curious to get your just kind of two cents on on where you're at. It seems like for the most part, people were were railing on both of these guys, Andy Dalton time. Then the draft comes around and things pick up considerably. And then it seems like fans have gone kind of back and forth again. So I'm kind of curious where you stand on all of this.
2: Yeah. Thanks. That's a great question. So I've, I've been, I think for a while now I've been um, off the pace bandwagon, right? I I just don't, he has his positives. He has things that he does well, but um, you know, I think bears fans have unfortunately been the victims of some, some, Terrible um, GMs in the past, right? And so juxtaposed against a guy like Emery, you get a guy like Pace who can put his pants on correctly. And and fans are like, wow, <laughs> look at this. He, you know, he turned around this defense. And I think sometimes fans lose sight of the fact that quality GMs should be hitting in the middle rounds of the draft and early rounds of the draft. Like it, those things aren't mutually exclusive. And, uh, we celebrate mediocrity uh, in the GM role because we don't really know much better. Uh, same like w- w- with quarterbacks, right? We see anything that looks remotely competent and we're just so happy to not have trash that uh, we want to ride it out with remotely competent. And I, I think we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard as fans and paces and patience uh, his inability to let the market develop and come to him a bit. Uh, the need to jump to players that seemingly um, are interchangeable with, with other players. I mean, the, the need to go out and get Foles because he knew the offense and you had to have him when you know, the, the difference between him and other quarterbacks that may have come available that offseason were negligible, in my opinion. So um, we just throw resources and, at you know, players um, rather than maybe letting the market unfold a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a big pace fan, right? Nagy, I I have to admit, I've been a fan of his, uh, or I was a fan of his. Um, and I've always wanted to see him with a real quarterback and see what he can do, you know, with somebody who can quote unquote, run his offense. However, over the last couple of years, I've, I've gotten, um, I've had some concerns and my support may not be as strong as it once was. Uh, I still want to see him with a competent quarterback like Fields run his offense, but his, uh, his word salads have, I think, uh, (laughs) you know, it's tiresome to hear these, these um, over and over again, where I think at this point he's talked himself into a corner and uh, he's made so many conflicting statements that don't even make sense. I don't even know if he knows what he's doing. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith in Nagy. You know, I'm holding on by a thread here to see what he can do, but, uh, boy, he he needs to get it in gear this year or he's going to lose my support entirely.
1: Patrick, that's uh, kind of essentially how a lot of us are feeling. Uh, we, we like him the person. Uh, we, we like the the leader in, in him that we, that we all see, uh, but the the play calling and and some of the other things surrounding it have just been frustrating to say the least. Now, gentlemen, I am very excited about this. We're going to go through game by game all. 17 games. This is going to take me like two or three seasons to get used to this. I'm going to go through each game and what we're going to go uh, through for all of our listeners. We're not going to go super in depth into exactly what we're thinking, but if we have a, a few tidbits, we're going to go ahead and share that with all of you. Um, I'm going to try my absolute best to uh, keep tabs on uh, wins and losses, but gentlemen, uh, That sounds like a lot of math for me. So you're going to have to help me out as much as is humanly possible. So starting off with the Rams game, uh, Sunday night game, the upcoming this week, our, our very first game, Bears at Rams. So Patrick, I'm going to start with you. Then I'm going to go Jack and Mike. And I'm a gentleman. I'm just going to keep that train running the exact same way every single time. Just makes things easier. I will finish it up and we will go from there. So Patrick, how do you see this game
2: playing out? I see the Bears taking a loss in this one. Um, I know folks are somewhat optimistic that maybe Fields comes in at halftime, but I don't see that happening. Look, if Nagy wants to say he's not ready at the start of the game, he's not going to be ready at halftime. That seems ludicrous to me, right? Even though he's the backup quarterback, he should be, in theory, ready to go right now. If if you're going to say he's one play away from seeing live action, you better be confident he's ready for the NFL. Um, so that's a little bit uh, peculiar to me, but I don't see him coming in at halftime to save the day. I see Dalton riding this out and the Bears taking a loss.
3: I'm on board with a loss. I think throughout the schedule, there's going to be four or five teams that I would say sit at the big boy table and we just kind of don't belong. And I would say this is one of the games. I think the Rams are a far superior team to the Bears and have across the board, better talent. I see a loss.
0: I'm going a big, that victory. Yeah, that's right. Matthew Bang. Stafford. Matthew Stafford is the quarterback in Los Angeles. And I've seen enough of Matthew Stafford to know that he always chokes. Isn't that his M.O., guys? He is a choke artist. I'm going to go uh, a big fat victory. David Montgomery's going to uh, run right past Aaron Donald. I'm going Travis Gibson, two sacks. I'm going a pick six from Duke Shelley, and uh, it's going to be 17-14 Bears.
1: Wow, that is very specific. I'm going with a loss in this one. Uh, Matt Stafford, I agree with you, Mike Page. I don't think he's going to play exceptionally well, um, but I trust that Rams defense far more than I trust our offense. After that, gentlemen, we are going to be having a home game. Bengals are coming to town on September 19th. It's a 12 o'clock game. Just like last time, let us know. Win or loss here, boys?
2: I got a win. Dalton revenge game.
3: I also have a win. The Cincinnati Bungles with Joe Burrows are not on track yet.
0: Bears. I got the Bears in week two.
1: I'm definitely looking at a win for this one. It's a team that they should take care of. Uh, I, I, I do emphasize on the should uh, week three, we're looking at September 26th, also 12 o'clock showdown bears are headed to Cleveland. I have to say this Cleveland is not as awful as I thought that it was. It's not as awful as I had heard that it was wife and I went there uh, about this time last year. And we actually, we had a really good time and uh, we are kind of taken back by Dare I say, the surrounding area is kind of pretty. Uh, So uh, let's start it off, boys. Win
2: or loss? I got a loss here. I think this is the uh, final nail in Dalton's coffin.
3: Bears lose. This is a very good football team that is playoff bound and might vie for a Super Bowl title.
1: Yeah, they're going to lose this one. Yeah. I also have the bears losing this one. Uh, it's funny that we used to think of Cleveland as being the most dysfunctional team in the NFL that clearly has to go to, well, maybe not clearly, but the, the lions, the Texans are all in a run for it. Maybe even the Jaguars will we'll see. Um, but uh, I think the Jaguars maybe have the best chance of turning that around week four. We are headed. Uh, the lions are, excuse me, are headed to town 12 uh, o'clock
2: game. If I was a betting man, I this is where I would put some money on Fields getting his first start. I think they give him the Lions game. It's um, uh, Lions aren't world beaters. Plus, it gives them two weeks to prepare for a matchup against the Packers. Uh, I think this is Justin Fields' debut, and I think the Bears win. I've also got
3: a Bears victory. Nagy's five and one against Detroit, which, you know, I don't think we're not going to put that on his tombstone. I don't think because it's not that impressive, but, and the only loss I think that he had was that fluke one, right. That they lost at the end and everybody's heart was broken. They're going to win twice against Detroit, maybe pick up one against the Vikings and probably go, I think three and three in the division.
0: This is an easy one. It's victory. I hate Jared Goff more than any other quarterback in the entire National Football League. And the fact that he now plays for the Lions is just it's making my head spin with the amount of times that I want him to get hit by Khalil Mack. So Bears went big. This one, Jared Goff gets sacked like six times.
1: Mike, it, it also sounds like your son is not a very big fan of Jared Goff and that one as well which uh like father like son uh, yeah this is an easy pick for me uh, the Detroit Lions are a mess right now um, I don't understand the optimism that they have with with the the ankle biter coach that's come in but but Lions fans seem to like him a lot so good for you guys uh, see this one being another coaching, uh, trash dumpster fire that that's on their way. Uh, next up on the list, uh, October 10th, three Oh five, the bears headed to Vegas. I know this is one of the most popular tickets that were out there. Everything. I think every bears fan in the entire country and even some outside of the country, were thinking about trying to go see uh, that game tickets are close to two to $5,000 in some of these seats. Um, I, I, (laughs) I I I I don't get that one. I mean, I want to see that stadium, but wow, holy cow. Uh Patrick, let's hear it. What are
2: you thinking about this one? So I may be out on an island here because I've seen a lot of people predicting this as a loss for them, but maybe it's the the travel back to the West Coast. I see, I see the Bears winning uh this game. Um, I'm not impressed by the the Raiders. I think um uh Gruden's somewhat dysfunctional himself. I I just don't see uh I don't see the bears coming out of here with a loss. So I'm going to give them a W in in this one and and move to three and two.
3: If you're on an Island, Patrick, I'm right there with you. We're sharing it drinks, hopefully with umbrellas in them. I've got a win as well. I think, boy, last year was tough. Raise your hand. If you're done with Chucky, I'm I'm just done with that guy. And and thank you, Ryan and everybody else, I think too, just tired of him tired of him when he was an an analyst tired of him now as a Approach. i think it's a revenge game and i think like for certain that was embarrassing and if there's one marked on the schedule that i think that the bears are going to go with the revenge card chip on your shoulder type this is going to be the game and i think they're going to win
0: i got a bears victory as well four and one is my bear squad so far with andy dalton still
1: at the helm I don't get that last part, but, uh, but no, Jack, I am, I'm right there with you. Uh, I I think when, when they headed to London, was it two years ago? I think that was a fluke. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it was a road game. It didn't go particularly well. I just, The fact that the Raiders, and we don't, I don't know that there's a ton of credence to this, but that they may have asked for Khalil Mack back. (laughs) Pass rushers don't grow on trees, right guys? So yeah, I definitely have the the bears coming away with the dub on this one as well. Uh, After that, we are looking at one of two awful matchups against the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming to town uh, for a 12 o'clock on October 17th. Patrick started it off for us.
2: All right. Um, maybe a little bit of meatball coming through here, but I I see the Bears uh, taking this one. I think Soldier Field is going to be electric. I think Justin Fields uh, is going to be 2-0 and as a starter coming into this game. At Soldier Field, I think people are going to get lathered up pretty early for that one. And uh, Soldier Field is going to be rocking, and they're going to find a way to squeak one out. I think you know they're going to have a hard time preparing for Justin Fields. They're not going to have a lot of film on him. Um, for those past two weeks, and I think he does just enough to keep the defense off balance, and the Bears won a close one.
3: I think Patrick must have served me some yogurt that had possibly expired. I'm feeling nauseous all of a sudden. I don't know if it's because <laughs> we're, you know, going across the cheese curtain to that place. That it's so frustrating, right? I mean, here, here's the: deal. I, I've got a loss. The Bears are going to lose this game. Uh, Lovie Smith made it a priority to beat the Packers. And we beat the Packers. And that hasn't really taken place since. And there's a Hall of Fame quarterback up there who chose to stay. We're going to drop both games to the Packers,
0: I think. I also have a loss. And I really don't want to talk about the Bears losing to the Packers
1: anymore. That's it. That's a loss. That's it. (laughs) As much as it pains me to say, this is definitely a loss for me. Uh, This is a rivalry that hasn't been a rivalry for a couple of years. Um, And it is unfortunate. Man, I hope Patrick is right. I hope Justin Fields comes out and becomes the, the guy that beats the Packers for the Chicago Bears. But I just don't see it happening. After that, gentlemen, we are October 24th, coming to the end of October, fall. You know the leaves are going to be looking gorgeous out there in Chicagoland. 325 game, but the Bears are going to be headed down to Tampa Bay to face off the Buccaneers. Patrick,
2: this one, uh, this has ugly written all over it for me. Tom Brady in year two with a full off season. Um, this one could get out of hand early, and uh, we may be looking for something else to do the rest of the afternoon. So I'm going, um, I'm going Tampa in a romp.
3: Ryan, remember that time when we beat the Buccaneers and Tom Brady forgot how many downs they were. Downs there were. Do you remember that? That was awesome, and that's not going to happen again. We're going to get thumped, thumped. I uh, heard on ESPN this past week that Brady said he didn't feel comfortable in the Bucks offense until week eight. Week eight, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl. I'm thinking he's going to feel pretty comfortable by this point, and uh, I see, I see a, a bloodbath here.
0: I got them losing to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I believe my Bears squad is now four and three. Uh, Justin Fields is coming up quick. I mean, bears fans are going to be chomping at the bit after this game uh, for JF one to come up and it's going to happen very
1: soon. The bears have only beaten Tom Brady once in his career. And that was last season. I don't see that trend continuing. Um, but I am going to say, I do think the Bears will find a way to keep this one close until the fourth quarter, um, and then we'll break our hearts uh, because that's what they do. Um, headed to Halloween. Gentlemen, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, 49ers coming to town, uh, 12
2: o'clock game
1: should be an interesting one. Patrick?
2: Yeah, um, I've, got, I've got a win in this one. I think the 49ers are going to gonna switch to Trey Lance. I don't think Garoppolo is going to impress them through the first few weeks. And I think they go through some growing pains as they get Lance acclimated. And I think the Bears find a way to steal this one.
3: I've got a Bears loss here. There's certain teams, I think, that just have an edge over other teams. Like the Twins for years have had an edge on the White Sox, and nobody really understands why that is. And I think similarly, the Niners have that type of edge, unexplainable edge over the Bears. I've got a loss. Bears lose.
0: I also have a Bears loss. Uh, triggering the JF one entrance, uh, either halftime or starting the next game. This is this is the kind of uh, the game that brings Justin Fields fields in, and he starts either you know week nine.
1: So I'm actually going to go with Patrick on this one. Uh, I think that uh, in every season, there's a game that you shouldn't win that you win, and there's a game that you should lose uh, or shouldn't lose that you do. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that that's the case in this one. I just got a feeling that that the Bears somehow get this one done. From there, gentlemen, we are headed to a Monday night football matchup, November 8th, Bears at
2: Steelers 17 715 game start. Patrick. I got a loss. I think, uh, bears primetime woes continue. And I don't like that game at Pittsburgh in primetime under the lights. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, especially if I've got field starting that game. So, um, I got the bears losing that one.
3: There are four pivotal games I have started on, start on this, uh, schedule. And this is one of them in terms of make or break playoffs or not winning season or not. I mean, I think, because I think the Raiders could go either way, and I think the Steelers game could go their way. What's really interesting about the Steelers is are they ascending or descending? I mean, they've been so good for so long, and all props to Tomlin and that entire organization. My hunch tells me they are starting to be on the downturn. So I, I'm sorry if I didn't say I've got a, a Bears win in this game.
0: I got to have a Bears win in this game. Justin Fields uh, turns around the narrative on Monday Night Football, prime time, Uh, The world is going to see him just light it up uh, on Monday night. Bears win.
1: Surprisingly, the Bears have played the Steelers pretty darn well over the, the few times that they've played them over the last 10 or so years. I don't see this happening. Um, I agree with you, Jack. I think they are a team that is definitely uh, trending downwards. But I think in this game, they make a statement game of of sorts, or at least makes people think that that's what, what's going on. I think the Bears lose badly in this, in this game. Uh, from there, gentlemen, it is the bye week. And then following that directly... It is the Ravens coming to town on November 21st uh, at 12 o'clock game.
2: Patrick, we talked about inside linebacker depth and and quality at that position, uh, as well as the cornerback position. We've seen some terrible tackling in the preseason by the Bears defense. Uh, That's a terrible combination with Lamar Jackson. Uh, So that's this is another one I'm worried could get ugly in a hurry like the Tampa game. But I have the Bears losing this one ultimately.
3: I've got a Bears loss here as well. By the way, I've also got a big win for us on the bye week. I mean, we're going to be club dub. <laughs> There's going to be drinks that bye week. We are going to dominate it, no doubts in my mind. But great points, though, Patrick. I mean, ultimately, here's what I think is going to happen in this, this particular Ravens game. I think Nagy is going to go into his like Kansas City, uh, Kansas City state of euphoria dream state that he goes into, which Ryan really loves. And he's going to like, like I think somehow like the, he's not going to be able to meet the moment because he's going to think he's still coaching in Kansas City. And I think probably the Ravens are just going to smash
0: us. I'm going to continue the theme of Justin Fields flipping all of these old Bears narratives, right? We have been awful of the bye since forever. It seems like my whole life. Uh, JF1 flips that narrative. I'm, I'm going to keep that uh, theme going throughout the rest of the season. Bears win.
1: Mike, I I, I do agree with you. I think Justin Fields will probably be playing pretty darn well at this point of the season. At least that is my hope that he will have taken over and be playing well for the bears, but uh, the bears defense, uh, it has holes where Lamar Jackson excels. And I think he beats up the bears pretty handedly moving on down the line. Gentlemen, it is a quick turnaround. Uh, They have the, Lions uh, headed. The Bears are headed to the Lions, I apologize, for 11.30 a.m. game time.
2: Patrick? Yeah, Mike, that's a great point about Nagy off the bye week that I forgot about, but it's such a huge indictment of him as a coach. Um, I think another one of his trends on the positive side, though, prevails here, and I think the Bears uh, take this one against their division rivals.
3: Bears win this game uh, handily, and if they don't, we're having a very different conversation in the postgame. But I think uh, just for the record, I've got them at five and six right now.
0: Did I mention that I really, really hate Jared Goff? You did. Okay, you did mention did. that. You did. Okay, just checking. Bears win. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Patrick, you alluded to this, and I agree with you. The one thing about Matt Nagy is give him too much time, and he comes up with the worst game plan you could possibly imagine. Give him no time and somehow ekes out victories that he never should. Uh, but it's the Lions. We all know it. Uh, I'm actually stoked about this. Uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I get to watch the Bears just just annihilate the Lions on a Thanksgiving day. That's a big, fat dub for me. Uh, moving on down the chain. This is one I'm really going to be interested to watch. Uh, Is it going to be Justin Fields versus Kyler Murray? That's going to be a great question. If it is, you know, I don't know if Bears will be able to flex or I'm sorry, the NFL will be able to flex at this point. I think it's a little too early in the season for that, but I think this is one that they may want to have a lot of people watching. It's a 12 o'clock game, but the
2: Cardinals are coming to the Bears. Patrick. Ryan, you said something earlier. It was funny. Uh, sometimes you win a game, you should lose, and sometimes you lose a game, you should win. And when I saw this game, I circled that as one of those. Uh, not that the Bears should win this and and ultimately lose, but I think they have this game in hand, uh, and I feel like this is one that that could just slip away. Um, so I've got a, a heartbreaking loss in this one to Arizona.
3: This is another one of those starred games that I have in terms of pivotal games. I have a win for this one. I don't feel that great about it, to be honest. I think Kyler Murray is unbelievably talented, but I think the home field advantage wins out here. Bears win.
0: Yeah, the Bears and the Cardinals are actually kind of similar. I remember at the end of last season, they were kind of in the same situation. They were both kind of vying for that uh, you know, final playoff spot. Uh, they have a young athletic uh, quarterback and an aging defense. I believe they did sign J.J. Watt who I love, by the way, one of my favorite all-time NFL players. Uh, I have a surprising loss, JF1's first loss uh, of the year here.
1: Uh, this is one Jack, just like you. I'm calling for a Bears win, but I don't feel good about it. And I will be very interested to see what team we have at this point uh, of the season. Uh, moving right along, gentlemen, coming towards the, the back end of everything, uh, back end of the season, excuse me. Uh, so we're looking at December 12th, a night game, Bears at Packers. Patrick?
2: So I had them riding the euphoria of Justin Fields in the first game and taking the win. Uh, I think reality hits them in this one. And I think the Packers get the win at home.
3: Bears loss and we're moving and we're moving. There's nothing more to see here. Mike, go ahead.
1: Skip. (laughs) Pass. That's a loss. (laughs) That's definitely going to be a loss for me as well, gentlemen. Uh, I hate when the NFL puts the Bears against the Packers in prime time. It doesn't go well for the beloved. Uh, like I said, it is a rivalry that is no longer a rivalry. This is going to be an interesting one, guys. Monday Night Football, seven fifteen on December 20th. It's the Vikings at the Bears. And while the Bears have struggled mightily a, a, in prime time, the team that's worse, especially Kirk Cousins, is coming to town. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this one. Patrick, starting with you.
2: Yeah. So I think the Vikings defense comes in overrated for like the 22nd consecutive season. Um, I don't I don't uh, I don't get some of the hype around them. You also got Cousins unvaccinated. I think at some point that rears its its ugly head and he's got to sit for a game. Maybe it's this one, but um, too many things in the Bears favor. Nagy's record against them. I think the Vikings offense is a train wreck. Uh, so I, I think the bears take this one, uh, and I got them even in the record at seven and seven at this point,
3: I would have them at seven and seven at this point as well. In order to make the playoffs, the bears are gonna have to win one of the two Vikings games. So if it's not this one, hopefully it's the next one I've got them at a win here. And I mean, even if all things are put aside and COVID doesn't strike Kirk cousins, he's still one of the biggest chachis in the NFL. Without question. I mean, he's the mayor of chachville and he is so sporadic. I mean, thankfully, he's not on our team. Thankfully, he plays for the Vikings. I've got a Bears win here.
0: So the only other player I hate more than Jared Goff is Kirk Cousins. Uh, Bears have to beat the Vikings here.
1: Uh, and I want to see Kirk Cousins uh, in the dirt for, for most of the game. What's interesting is watching Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook are very good, but you watch their stats against the bears over the last couple of seasons. They're not very good. Um, I also loathe. Kirk Cousins. Uh, while he may be the mayor of Chochtown, his dad is the mayor of Crazy Town. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that video. Yes. That that dude is oof, Um, you know, religious freedom and aside, that guy is, is an absolute whack job. Uh, I, I also think the Vikings are overrated, uh, much to the dismay of our good friends, um, Kevin Alevsky and Brian Highfill. Uh, if they hear this episode, they might be a little bit mad at me, but that's okay. Uh, I don't think their team is very good. Now, uh, the day after Christmas, uh, that's December twenty sixth, three oh five. The Bears are headed all the way up to Seattle for a matchup against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, I'm not going to bet against Russell Wilson here. I got the Bears taking a a loss.
1: Also have
3: the Bears on a loss. This is one where they will sit at the kids' table. They're just not on par with Seattle.
0: We got a Bears losing this game as well. It seems like every year the Seahawks, everyone is questions their ability, questions the roster. And every year they just somehow are always in the mix. It's because of a one Russell Wilson, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback. A lot of people have compared Justin Fields to Russell Wilson. Maybe he gets a little uh, starstruck today. I got a Bears loss.
1: Yeah, this is uh, one of the hardest places in the NFL to play and on a road game after a holiday, uh, definitely taking a Bears loss on this one. Two games left, gentlemen. We've got a uh, 12 o'clock showdown January 2nd. So that should be a really nice weekend of all of those uh, bowl games for, for college. Um, be sitting down to watch the Giants at Bears.
2: So Sean Desai reemphasized the turnovers and, and focusing on turning the ball over which we know Daniel Jones does very, very well. Uh, I see a multiple turnover game for him. And I think this is one where the defense shines and carries the day.
3: I will be at this game with my son, Jack, and his good friend, Joey. It'll be Joey's first game ever. And I think it will be a great game. And he's, by the way, Joey is a huge Bears fan. So I think my son, Jack, bought Joey the ticket. So. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so it's going to be freezing cold. I do think there's a chance that the Giants are going to be better. I think they could be potentially a team on the rise. Potentially, I think it's going to be a battle, but the Bears are going to win because we're there, and it's Joey's first game.
0: I see the Giants as a giant dumpster fire. Excuse, I'm sorry. I'll never make that joke again. That was really, really bad. But seriously, I see them really, really bad. Daniel Jones is is awful. You know, the Giants had the opportunity to pick Justin Fields right this this draft. And they decided to run with Daniel Jones, which is just amazing. The amount of things that had to go right, by the way, for the Bears to pick, you know, Justin Fields at 11 was, is really astounding. I really do like Saquon Barkley, though, as, a, as an NFL football player and running back. I hope he can get healthy one season and, and, and just play well. He's, he's fun to watch when he's healthy. But, uh, you know, I got the Bears winning this game for sure.
1: Saquon Barkley, uh, Kenny Galladay. That's one as an NIU alum, that dude can play. That was a very big signing, Uh, but Patrick is spot on. He he took it right from me. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Um, I love the turnover bucket. I agree with you, Sean Desai. I think uh, he's going to be one that's going to be frustrating to watch. At times, the season going to give up a lot of yards, but I do think there are going to be a lot of turnovers with this team. Uh, If the preseason is indicative of what the regular season is going to look like, there are definitely going to be some turnovers, definitely have the Bears with a victory in this one. And gentlemen, finishing up the season, this one is one of those that maybe could be a flex game too. Uh, Looking at uh, the Bears at Vikings, 12 o'clock start, uh, could have playoff implications for one of these teams trying to sneak in to the playoffs or potentially both are are done. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Patrick, let's hear it.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think this one, I got the Bears at eight and eight. Coming into this game, I think it's going to have some playoff implications. Ironically, uh, the Bears coming from New York, uh, I think the Vikings are out of it. I think they play um, Canal Street, Justin Fields. For those that don't get that reference, Canal Street is where you buy all the not cheap knockoffs in New York City. Uh, So I think the Vikings go with their cheap knockoff version of Justin Fields, and they see what they got in Kellen Mond since they're out of it at this point. And I think the Bears find a way – Uh, to steal this one and sneak into the playoffs at nine and eight.
3: I have the bears losing this one, finishing up at eight and nine. I think on this particular game, they will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory somehow. And it would be a a rough way to to end the season, but I've got them losing this last game.
0: Justin Fields, the narrative buster, the narrative buster being uh, backing our way into the playoffs, kind of losing uh, in the final game of the season. We win this one and we go to the playoffs and I lost track of the count of where I'm at, but I, am pretty sure I'm at double digit at this point. I'm at nine and 10 and six. What is that? 10 and six. six. Okay. Uh, just, uh, with, uh, a little kind of context, I've actually never predicted the bears to have a losing season. I almost refused to do that as a bears fan. So take my 10 and six prediction with a grain of salt, but with some logic thrown in there.
1: Patrick yet again I am agreeing with you uh I think you you've you've been spot on with pretty much every single one of your takes I I I've, I've not thought man this dude is crazy once I definitely see the bears coming away with a victory in this one the Kellen Mond situation um I I I love We've got some close friends that have been on the pod several times, and they are Vikings fans, and they're they're talking up Kellen Mond big time. And I think it's just uh, Justin Fields envy. Uh, so Canal Street, I, I'm applauding you, sir, in that one. So I also have the Bears at nine and eight. I don't know if that will mean playoffs, if that means they miss. So just one more time, Patrick, you've got the Bears going nine and eight. Jack, you've got them going eight and nine. Mike Page, you've got them going 10 and six. I've also got nine and eight. And Brendan Chagru, uh, his prediction is the Bears going nine and eight. Logan Bradley, guys, I don't know about this one. Six and 11. Uh, that's, a, that's a shot, man. So, hey, we'll, we'll see how, how things turn out. Um, with that being said, Patrick, it is your first time being on the show. And for any of our first-time guests, we have our favorite segment called Unpopular Opinion. This can be absolutely anything. And we've had some doozies, right? Uh, Portillo's is overrated. We've had uh, Ferris Ferris Bueller's day off was overrated. Um, One of my favorites was actually from uh, from one of our Lions contributors actually said pass interference in the NFL should be a 15 yard penalty, not a spot foul. Um, And I just thought that was a really interesting take. So, Patrick, we got to ask, what is your unpopular opinion?
2: Uh, So I've got one that I've taken some heat on Twitter for this one in the past. Um, I didn't know it would be as controversial as it was, but in the Oreo hierarchy, I've got blonde Oreos coming in number one ahead of chocolate.
3: Wait just a minute. Wait, (laughs) what?
2: Yeah. Hey, look, I realize this means I'm probably not going to get the invite back. Uh, It's been really nice hanging out with you guys. I had a lot of fun. Uh, but I totally understand if you you unfollow and block. I've got a lot of heat for that. I've got a lot of heat for that take.
1: <laughs> Patrick, did we just become best friends because oh, no, I Ryan. totally no, Ryan. agree with you. 100% the chocolate is just it's a little too much the the vanilla ones. Oh, what dude. Oh Perfect. man, fantastic. Mix, I oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Let's go. You're okay, wrong. Both and of you're both you. sick. Yeah. Sick. You're sick. Absolutely. People.
3: We in my house, we don't say what's for dessert. We say what's for chocolate. I and mean, quite honestly, like to put anything above chocolate, it, I don't even know where to start. That's just, like so confusing. You know what it is? It's un-American, you two. It's un- like honestly.
0: Do you even dip dip the blonde Oreos in milk? Because the best part of eating Oreos is to dip it in milk and get it kind of soggy and then eat the whole Oreo in one bite. That's the way to go about doing it. But it has to be chocolate one. You're not going to do that with a blonde Oreo.
1: Oh, sure. And they're more versatile because they go with coffee, too. And honestly, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but oatmeal, believe it or not, every once in a great while, if I want a little bit of sweetness with my oatmeal, I'll drop in one of the blonde ones, dude, fantastic. Great, great mix.
3: I just feel like with the best of Oreos, the chocolate Oreos, tell me if you can open them and not finish a row in one sitting or one day, I could easily hold off on the blondes and maybe do like two or three, but that whole row is going to go on the chocolate Oreos
0: at
1: least a row Jack at least (laughs) sound like eating uh when you're eating Girl Scout cookies all right gentlemen it is time to get out of here we've got to go around the horn and give shout outs shout outs to anybody that might be listening to the podcast uh that that you'd like to give a shout out to uh Patrick before you go we're gonna have you go first uh we just want to say thank you for stepping in uh this this podcast this definitely cannot be your last time coming on the show uh if you're willing to we'd love to have you back
2: Absolutely. I've had a blast, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Tell Brendan he's now dropped to the bottom of the list of my favorite BDR uh, follows. Um, (laughs) So maybe he can uh, get back in my good graces by being on the next show. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Hopefully he's having fun wherever he's at. But for my shout out, I'd like to um, send one to somebody who's been following me since the beginning and reading my stuff. God knows why, uh, but I want to let him know I appreciate him. Uh, Nelson Daniels, uh, your favorite FedEx driver is his uh, his handle. Um, thanks, Nelson, for all your support since since the start. Really appreciate it, and uh, he's a great follow. Huge Bears fan on Twitter, so uh, go give him a follow, folks. Absolutely,
1: Patrick. Jack, what about you? Shout outs that you might like to give.
3: Thanks to my burgeoning Twitter following, check me out at BDR. I want to th- shout out to all of the local breweries who will fuel. My fantasy football draft championships today, Riverlands Brewing in St. Charles, Solomoth in, in, in Naperville, Alter Brewing uh, in Downers Grove, uh, they will be by my side tonight when I
1: draft. I, I'm a little surprised to see you as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I thought you would uh, be a little hungover from Notre Dame Florida State last night. Uh, that was that that was quite a game, man. I the the back and forth between it, and you clearly your your uh, your your Fighting Irish came out on, on top on that one.
3: They did. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, Ryan, but I'm a huge Notre Dame. Irish fan. Really? Some people think that I, yeah. Some people think that I went there. People that don't know me when they hear me talk as much as I do about Notre Dame, they honestly think that I went there, which, which I didn't, my dad did for a brief amount of time. And of course I'm very Irish. So and and you either love or hate the Irish. Right. And so all my friends would call me every time notre dame would lose like old days right the phone would just start blowing up when colorado or miami the convicts would beat you know notre dame and i mean i either take it on the chin or you just like uh, bathe in the championships one of the two great win
0: mike so BDR got through an entire off season with a full staff for the very first time. So my shout out is just going out to everyone that contributes to BDR. That's going to be on the podcast. That's Ryan, Jack, Brendan, Logan. We got uh, our film guys, Nick and Dan. We got our writers, Corey, Mike, Sean, Uh, we got our graphic designer, Zach. Uh, I'm sure there's probably others
1: that that I'm forgetting. Is that everyone? I think you got everybody. There's about a hundred of us. Yep.
0: There's a lot of us. So, you know, shout out to you guys for getting through an off season. We, we pumped out an incredible amount of content this off season. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of, of kind of everyone involved. And, uh, I'm excited to see what our first, full season with the full staff will will kind of bring about. So shout out to you guys, great work. You guys are amazing.
1: As always, I've got quite a few shout outs to give guys. I I apologize, but I'm I'm stoked to talk about these people. The first one is my friend Kevin Floater Pratt just got engaged uh, this weekend. Uh, he moved to uh, to Japan. And so him and his fiance, uh, Masayo, just congratulations to you guys. I met Kevin at NIU. And so my second shout out goes to uh, head coach Thomas Hammock for going for two against Georgia Tech and getting the dub with 38 seconds left to go. Man, that took great courage. Uh, It was a fun, fun victory for my uh, alma mater, NIU. Um, And a shout out to Fatties because every time I think about NIU, I think about delicious food at Fatties. That place is fan-freaking-tastic. If you are ever out in DeKalb, Illinois, and you're thinking about eating something, they're not sponsoring the episode, but uh, shout out to you guys, Fatties. Uh, Fantastic stuff. The last one, uh, guys, and sorry, this is a bit of, of a series Note uh, a friend of mine who uh, who recently just passed away. Um, we had kind of a, a difficult relationship. We'll just say that. But uh, he was a diehard Bears fan, and I know that uh, if he had the opportunity to listen to us talk about the Bears, I know that he would. Uh, so, Brad Farrick, uh, I'm 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 hoping that you rest rest easy, my friend. Um, and, uh, yeah, for all of you who are listening, thank you so very much for supporting anything with bear down report. Uh, thank you again to Patrick Sheldon for stepping in for us today. We had a blast with him. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, please hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience for Jack, Wright, Mike page, Patrick Sheldon. I'm Ryan Dangle. And as always folks bear down.